Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 29 of Sinking with Service Now. I'm your host, Andy Whiteset. I've got Mike Sabia and Eddie McDonald on. Guys, how's it going? Doing well. well How are you? So, uh, Eddie, you didn't know this, but before you jumped on, Mike was eating lunch. And then I did the math, and it's mountain time, so it made sense. And then he told me, no, no, this is breakfast. I was like, oh, wow, you must be really good. (laughs) So I've got a problem with that assumption because Mike is eating on almost every call I'm on with him. So... Uh, that goes back about five or six years. Uh, there's an inside joke there, but yeah, but yes. Um, Mike, are you one of those guys that just eats constantly through the day and never gains any weight? Uh, I gain a little more weight nowadays than than previously, but uh, you know, when your head's down coding or head's down working a problem, you're not focused, and sometimes you're on a call with people, and as long as it's internal, like, hey, maybe this is an opportunity to, yeah. to you know, get caught up. Yeah, no, I hear you. I, I do it all the time. I eat nonstop. Um, it's kind of it is hard when you're on a customer call because you like turn the camera off, take a quick complete bites, chew it up, turn the camera back on. I do it all the time. Yeah, I'm pretty careful with the customer call, but for sure. But I today today was probably the first day in maybe years where I went and sat down and had lunch by myself. If I'm not with a client, I'm usually at my desk eating a sandwich and working. Typically, it's uh, it's just the world we live in these days. I think. Yeah. All right, so uh, let me share my screen with you guys. Uh, Mike, the blog that you brought today. Okay, well, let me do my commercial. It's uh, February 12th, 2024, and uh, Zintegra is here to help you guys, help help customers out there using the ServiceNow platform, and that thing is massively robust. If you're a, a ServiceNow customer and you're not getting great advisement from your partner or ServiceNow or both, because to be honest, it's it's hard. You really do need somebody who really understands your business and really wants to dig in with you. Uh, that's why we're here. Uh, Zintegra would be happy to help you. So reach out to myself, uh, Eddie McDonald or Mike uh, Sabia, and uh, you can find us on LinkedIn. Let's let's talk and let's find a way to help you get the value out of the platform. The platform has a ton of value. Uh, most people never see it because they never know how to get to what they're actually trying to do. Uh, Mike, the uh, blog you brought today is from uh, February of this year. Uh, oh, the the um, I'll give you the name of the blog first. It's how we seamlessly adapt to change and boost efficiency uh, as that relates to ServiceNow. I'm sure. And the uh, the author is uh, Sanka. I'm not even going to try on the last name. Mike, do you know how to pronounce the author's name? Uh, I, I'm not going to try to do that either. Okay. Well, first name is Sanka, I think. Uh, but we appreciate them writing this blog, and we're going to jump into it. Mike, why did you pick this one? Well, if you, a customer, are new to ServiceNow, or perhaps you're already using ServiceNow, but you have a particular need, usually come, you often come to a partner and say, hey, this is the need we have. Our current product isn't doing the job. It's no longer supported, uh, what have you. But we want to raise it up to a little bit higher level and kind of look uh, at that single plane of glass of what ServiceNow can offer. If you're always reacting to what an issue is, then you are not able to react quickly. If you're always having people ask for stuff that out of process and you have to handle those manually, individually, it's not an efficient way of doing your business. So this blog is talking about, you know, doing, being able to seamlessly adapt. And this could be um, improving your self-service and automation, allowing people to request things and have automation to have those, have things pre-approved, speed up the business so you're not spending time managing the business. Yeah. Similarly, for the self-service, there's also um, you know streamlining the the, rec- the software usage and the reclamation. Hey, who's using the software? Uh, can we you know identify automatically who has installed but is not utilizing it and therefore using up the license? Something that we could reclaim, or you know 
our, you know, what's our growth within the organization? How can we look at that in a higher level rather than just saying, hey, we have a, a, a SAM issue once audits come up? How do we be proactive in improving our platform? How can we do that seamlessly and efficiently? So that seems just logical, right? But the service form is uh, something that uh, is uh, in tune with that. The ServiceNow platform is is very much in tune with that. You know, there are a lot of uh, point solutions that do an individual product, and you know, sometimes they do it very well. But having that single pane of glass to everything that's going on, you have a project, and that relates to a change and what your assets are. Everything comes together. And what we want to be able to do is by looking at it holistically and, and not just say, hey, you come to this to us with this ask. We want to be able to come to you and say, hey, let's look at your business. How, to, how can we make your, your business more efficient? How can we, um, you know, do that self-service automation? How can we react proactively rather than reactively? And this, this blog talks about, you know, the, some of the advantages that the author found in their uh, business, the uh, improved efficiency in being able to react, the uh, uh, amount of, you know, uh, you know, not having to look at all the alerts that, that are coming in from your event management system to be able to have those automated, to be able to focus on what the key ones are, improving the whole business by investing in the tool. Yeah. So, so Mike, you said some interest. You actually used the word, you know, proactive and reactive a number of times, and I think that that is really the key. That's the thread that's moving through this this blog post here. Is that change is going to happen, whether you like it or not. Your team's going to grow and contract. Tools are going to change. Customers are going to change. Sales cycles ebbs and, ebbs and flows. And if you're reacting to your environment versus proactively making the changes, anticipating uh, these changes, it's going to be a very, very different environment. And I think it's important to remember to focus on what's coming down the road. How can we be proactively embracing the change with our tools, being becoming more efficient and, and, and capitalizing on these changes versus like you said, reacting to them, now we're behind the eight ball. We're losing, we're ultimately losing money if we're reacting to change instead of being an active participant. So guys, the, the first section talks about self-service and automation. That's where our whole world's going, including what people should be doing within their business, right? Mm -hmm. So Mike, what are they covering here? Well, they talk about, specifically they talk about uh, a few different things. One is that event management, like you have a lot of alerts out there Somebody has to look at them. Maybe they're raising flags and then somebody has to look at the whole picture and say, hey, which ones are important, which have met the threshold and being able to automate those and say, hey, only tell me if it's been happening for five minutes or only tell me when uh, certain things are happening or, you know, maybe it's still healthy, but let me know that there's a trend and in next month we are going to have a more severe thing. Let's be proactive in identifying it and uh, looking into addressing it sooner. But and even above beyond that, there's also, uh, you know, there are people who are asking for things from the business. It might be uh, adding myself to a uh, myself to a new group, asking for a new software or hardware, um, uh, DevOps. If you want to be able to spin up a new uh, VM in order to do your business, all those things in the past have been very manually, but manually handled. But if we can automate those, facilitate them, create those workflows to make it happen then it'll speed up. Uh, a colleague of ours 
just on Friday was asking me about the fact that, you know, with our part of our onboarding process, there are some steps that are kind of leaning on him and he wanted to automate this process. We ourselves, Integer, are looking to improve the process, the right. business, but we don't want to just do it when we want to. We want to kind of look at that roadmap. Um, yeah. What can handle today, but but where do we want to come in another you know 12 months? What do we want to think about uh, going forward? And and I love that you're tying this to us. We're um I don't know we're rather larger large ish in terms of revenue, but we're still a small business. You know, hundred roughly hundred employees. Um, you know, it, this applies to everybody, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Sorry, Eddie, and, and and you can't you can't forget that you know we're talking about self service and automation here, and there's been a number of studies with you know the Gen Zs and millennials. They don't want to create a ticket. They want a self-help. They want a natural language understanding virtual agent. They can get answers. You know, they don't want to create tickets. They don't want to communicate. They just want what they want really, really quickly. And ServiceNow can enable that. So if you haven't leaned into the, you know, significant ticket reduction mentality, then you're kind of missing the boat. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, like I, in some cases, like when something's really broken, I want to talk to somebody. But for the most part, I want to send like five words of text in some type of system and get my result. Yep, 100%. Uh, streamlined software, reclamation and request. Mike, you want to handle this? So I touched on this a little bit when I first started speaking. The idea is that if somebody needs to ask for a new software package, you know, maybe they need Visio or the like. If they can request it and it identifies that the asset is already there, that we still have assets to to delegate, then they can, you know, it can be automatically approved. It can give it given to them and be installed in your PC. If, yeah. you know, in some cases, you know, maybe we're run, running out of licenses, maybe it has to go to the extra uh, procurement person at that point, but we can automate a lot of it. And similarly, if we have automate uh, reclamation rules where we say, hey, the people who have Visio installed, if they haven't used it for, six months, maybe we'll pull that license back and uninstall that also can be automated, streamline it, speed up the business. Yeah. I, and I love the fact I'm not relying on a human being on the back end to log it coming and going because we know how that's going to turn out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, they're obviously talking about software here and, and software asset management pro is not really part of this conversation, but since we're talking about software, it is the quickest ROI of any module on the platform. It is significant software cost savings. I mean, I think, well, they keep moving the goalposts. It's between 10 and 20% of your software spend your first year and somewhere between five and 10 year after year after that. But it is significant. If you can automate that reclamation and understand where your software licensing are, the money you can save is significant. Well, they call Aside that out the bottom. They call out uh, what uh, we we were able to save seven thousand four hundred hours of labor, reduce expenses by six hundred twenty thousand, uh, and avoid more than three million in unnecessary cost uh, for unused license. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. I also want to say, um, you know, if you're buying it and you're utilizing it, but there's an audit either internally or maybe by the a partner, say, hey, we see that you have X number installed, but you only pay for this much, then you have an unexpected expense and if you right. can plan that and say hey you know let's reclaim those before so that we don't ever have to get to that so we don't have to pay that fine great savings and as eddie said uh it's a great and uh uh justifiable roi on the software asset management pro 
And, and I'm assuming that happens fairly quickly. And you measure it and it happens quickly and it's paid for itself. It's mm -hmm. usually, I think the ROI is six to seven months is uh, on Software Asset Management Pro, which is just unheard of to be less than a year. And, you know, maybe I'm throwing in the buzz, buzz acronym here, but at some point, like with everything else in these platforms, AI starts to even play a larger role. And if, and until you've got, you know, these processes in AI into the platform, you can't use the AI against it for it. Right. Uh, we have customers who come to us and say, hey, we want this. We're maybe our budget's no, not there yet, but they're all immediately talking about Gen AI, Gen AI. And to be able to demonstrate to them that the platform can handle that as they grow and can afford it, yeah. the savings are there. Now, Gen AI is, is not free. There are um, CPU and electricity costs uh, behind ServiceNow providing that. So there, there are some justifications you have to make for bringing Gen AI into the environment. But uh, the, the savings can be tangible, whether it is improving your developers' efforts and time or uh, speeding up your agents to be able to see a summary of a ticket so that they can quickly jump on and provide support to the customer for that great customer experience. All of it's very powerful. Yeah. All right, Mike, the last section of the article says goal alignment, mapping, and project delivery. How does that apply? For sure. So there are going to be, in a you know, large company, there's going to be different uh, initiatives. Like, hey, I want to do this. I want to do that. And to be able to look at all of those uh, projects and be able to build business cases around them and be able to say these are our expenses to deploy it from a resourcing and uh, availability perspective uh, what is the criticality of the system? What's the the importance of it? If you can look at all of those things, all those projects, cost, time, uh, you know what it means for the executive team, you're able to prioritize those. And as you prioritize them, then you're spending your time and money in the areas that are most productive for your organization. I have to imagine yeah. organizations, again, of all sizes need, their executives need this, whether they know it or not. For sure. You know, the best part about this and the way that Mike just laid it out. So, you know, somebody has an idea, then that idea turns right. into demand and the demand turns into a project. But before that happens, those steps that Mike just outlines, let's look at the business impact. Let's look at the cost. Let's see what the uh, let's see what the timeline is going to be like. What it does, it removes the politics from deciding what project happens in what order, because you're looking at it objectively. And then there's another parallel stream for sales-based organizations like our own that we utilize ServiceNow's strategic portfolio management to run our projects. So as opportunities move through a cycle, we get visibility, our project team gets visibility through SPM to understand what type of project it is. When the opportunity is closed, we can click a button and spin up a project that outlines that type of project with all the associated tasks. So all of the labor and the project management work that goes into just getting a project started, we can hedge against against that with pre-built project templates and pre-built tasks. It's it's really quite amazing. Yeah. Um, to me, it just means that you're running your business through some type of platform that's formulizing it all so that, like Eddie said, you're not just making decisions based on, I don't know, project popularity even. Right. Yeah. It's squeaky wheel. It, it squeaky wheels get a lot of work in the corporate yeah. world. I wonder how many times that squeaky wheel caused a project to happen only they have to be reworked later because other projects had priority, should have had priority. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, hey, Mike, you uh, anything that we didn't cover uh, on this topic that you want to make sure we highlighted? No, we'll be you know sharing 
the link to the article and there from the article there is a pdf talking about some of the tips to make this happen i would recommend that the the watchers read that as well yeah and of course we have the capabilities in our discussions pre-discussions and project discussions to help help customers uh, adopt these types of technologies and and basically run their business in more of a um a structured way off the platform for sure from a you know pre-sales uh uh, perspective, you know, talking about where your roadmap is, what are we trying to accomplish, and then all the way into the actual project delivery. Eddie made some great comments about, you know, we ourselves use ServiceNow to help us do our resourcing to make sure we can allocate the resources based on our project needs and, and you know, uh, soft book and hard book for those resources. And and when a customer comes to us and says, hey, we want to do this, we can give that, you know, personal experience on how we've used it, how it's helped us, and how it can help them. You know, I went back and read the, um, I do this a lot, where I go back to the very beginning of the article and try to figure out if we covered, and I, I guess I just completely overlooked the very first sentence here, which I would have read had I had I thought about it. It says, continuous change and economic uncertainty are normal in today's business environment. In fact, 88% of executives believe that the customers, their customers, and the environment around their customers is changing faster they can keep, can keep up. That's scary. Right. And and to that, you know, there are sometimes slowdowns in the economy, and, and you might a person at first glance might say, oh, maybe that's going to slow down our partner, Integra, or slow down ServiceNow's usage. And that's not the case. This is just more opportunity to, yes, you have to spend some money, but greater returns on that investment. And yeah, when yeah. things are tight, spend the money, get further savings out. Yeah, it, it really, it depends. On, it's, it's a state of mind. Is change a four-letter word? It's not. It's a six-letter word. But I mean, it's the mentality <laughs> around change. Do you embrace it? Do you lean into it? Are you growing your business or are you keeping the lights on? That decision, whatever the answer to that question dictates how you embrace change. Yeah. And if you're not, then your business is going to die. Yep. It has to. Um, very few businesses can sustain long-term lack of change. In fact, I can't think of many, maybe our, maybe our education yeah. system. And even that one's not. <laughs> right. All right, guys. Well, thank you for jumping on today and covering this. I look forward to, uh, finding a new topic, uh, in two weeks and doing it again. Thanks, Andy. See you guys.